OVS Orbit, the podcast for Open vSwitch users and developers. This is episode 30. This is the first of two episodes that I recorded at SOSR, the Symposium on SDN Research. This particular episode is an interview with Bingjo Liu, a first-year PhD student at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. I caught up with her just after her talk about NEAT, a system for automatically correcting network errors. It was one of my favorite papers of the conference because it solved a problem that I wouldn't have guessed offhand could be solved. On to the interview. Today I'm here with uh, Bing Jo Lu, and she's going to uh, talk to us about a paper that uh, she just presented this afternoon at SOSR, the Symposium on SDN Research, and the paper is titled "Neat Network Error Autocorrect." Bing Jo, you're from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, is that right? Yeah, right. And uh, how long have you been there? You're a PhD student. Yeah, I'm, a I'm a first year PhD student there. Ah, uh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and what are you focusing on in your, your research there? Yeah, my focus on, in general, is in network systems. And right now, my work on the network error autocorrections. Yeah, All right. as these papers. Yeah, that, that's, that's great. So uh, you, you say that it, it does network error uh, autocorrections. Auto so uh, maybe you should expand on that. What's the basic problem that you're, you're setting out to solve with this paper? Yeah, so, so as we know that configuring and maintaining a network is really challenging and error-prone process, right? And uh, when network error happens, it's very serious. So the network errors may result in costly data breaches, intrusions, and billions of dollars lost, right? So um, my study shows that the, uh, the, the, the main cause of the network error is human, human mistakes. And if we rely on human uh, to uh, repair the network errors, it may be uh, take uh, it may be very slow and uh, may result in more bugs, right? So, uh, so we need some method to mitigate human mistakes and ensure network is in the correct states. So that's the problem we are trying to solve. Sure. So when when I hear that, one of the things I think about is how do you figure out that that something is a mistake? Presumably, there's something that's uh, that, that's generating what the the network is is doing, and and how do you determine that that that's wrong? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, so to tell you if something is wrong, we need to first define what is correct, right? So we see a network is in the correct state if its behavior complies with a set of global policies that defined by the network operators, like some segmentation policies or reachability policies, saying uh, no untrusted traffic entering a security zone, the, one the preference of one pass over another. So there are sponsor policies that you can define. So so in need, we will assume that we already got a bunch, a bunch of global policies that are defined by the network operators. And uh, we, we think that those, uh, we assume those policies are completely uh, represent the operator intent. That is saying we know everything the operator wants to, want to happen in their networks. So given the, those global policies, we will examine whether um, things is, is correct or not according to the policies. So we've got some sort of global policy, and, and then we've got something that's translating that policy into what the network's doing, and then NEAT kind of is a, another check that the implementation of the policy is correct. Yeah. 
All right. So, uh, so how do how does it work? What's the uh, what wh what's the shape of of what Neat does? Okay. So first, talk about the basic idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. To mitigate human errors, we need a framework to automatically fix errors before they actually hit the network, right? So um, just like how your phone automatically uh, correct your typos when you are typing, and we want to apply this automatic fixing ideas into the networks. So along this line, we present need, which is a transparent layer that sits between the controllers and uh, underlying de physical devices, and it intercepts the updates that are proposed by the controllers. So if an update uh, violates the global policies I just mentioned, so NIT will uh, uh, seamlessly transform those updates into the, the ones that comply with the global policies. All right, so it's not too surprising that you can detect policy violations, mm -hmm. but it's a much better trick to actually fix the policy violations. So it, it seems like there could be a, a lot of ways to even uh, define what's the best way to fix it. Yeah. So how do you do that? Yeah, there's many ways. There's um, ways that in, in the control plane, right? They can like uh, fix things in the code that in the, in the control uh, controllers. Our approach is to uh, fix fixing bottom up in the in the data plane. So in detail, so during our deployment of the networks, NIT will construct an intent-based network model, uh, which involves the representation of the operator policies with the uh, network states. And uh, we do this leveraging our insights uh, of the formal method, a study that's using um, like mathematical models to represent the systems. So this will allow needs to, to produce um, strong and uh, rigorous results. So in details, the network models involves three graphs. The first is policy graph, which is used to concisely express the operator intent. And, and second is a configuration graph, uh, which we constructed for each equivalent class. So equivalent class here means that um, all the packets within one equivalent class will be forwarded as uh, exactly the same manner. So these might be all the packets that go from one IP address to a second IP address. What, what's a typical equivalence class look like? Something similar as what you said. Okay. It's like, actually, basically, all, so all those packets inside the, within this equivalent class will be form forwarded uh, Exactly same manner. That means they will follow the exactly same path, go through the exactly same path okay. to the destination. So it's packets that have the same source and the same destination, yeah. and they go through the the same intermediate points. Yeah, yeah, right. Sure. That's correct. Yeah. So yeah, we construct this uh, configuration graph for each equivalent class, and this will represent the forwarding behavior of the, of the packets for each equivalent class. And third, we construct uh, a topology graph, which represents the physics topology of the underlying networks. So uh, with this network model, um, we will construct this, uh, this ne uh, network model during the deployment. And in the runtime, NIT will get the, uh, it, as we mentioned earlier, NIT is just a, a, like a shame layer that beneath some people or applications that are, are creating the updates to the networks. So upon receiving um, uh, updates, uh, NIT will uh, apply the, ch the changes uh, to the configuration graph. Uh, in way from which the equivalent class that are affected by these updates will be recomputed. To recap, if I understand right, NEAT sits between the controller and the switches, mm -hmm. and it looks at each change that the controller makes uh, to the state on the switches, and it, it checks that against its model of, of what should actually happen in the network. Yeah. And I guess that usually it sees that it's a correct model of the network, 
that, that it implements the model correctly, but the interesting case is when it's wrong. So what happens then? Uh, you mean what happens then if we we exam there's something wrong, right? Yeah. Okay. So <coughs> if our if our if our uh, verification engine detect anything is wrong, our correction engine will be triggered, and this basically will try to. Uh, add some link or delay some link in the configuration graph. And also, uh, this uh, add, add, link, add link or delete link should be constrained uh, by the topology graph because we, we do not want to add a link that do not in exist in the physical topology, right? Oh, because you can't see, send a packet along a cable that isn't actually there. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, so in particular, we formulate our repair problem into an integer linear programming problem, which could be solved heuristically in real time. So our optimizer will return a bunch of, bunch of uh, edges to be added or deleted um, onto the configuration graph, and uh, we will then transform those uh, those added or delete uh, additional deletions uh, into the rules and install them onto the devices. So there's been a couple of papers today that talk about integer linear programming or ILP, yeah. and. This is kind of new to me. I've run it into it in the past, but I didn't know before that it was used much in networking. Is this yeah. kind of something that's new in networking, or had I just sort of missed out on it uh, in the past? Yeah, so actually, to our knowledge, we also think this is not new, uh, not, not like a common sense in networks. And uh, so this is also kind of our novelty here. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> so how, how did you... How do you come across the idea of using ILP for this problem? Because we want, uh, as we mentioned earlier, we want to find the addition or deletion of the links, right? So this is kind of a boolean to say whether an edge exists or not. If right. it is it, it, it there, if we want to configure that edge, it will be set as one. Otherwise, it will be set as zero. So it's this kind of brings the integer linear programming problem where um, our optimization problem, the, var the variable in, in our um, optimization is like in integers. So it, it's almost like a, a, a Boolean programming problem. Is, yeah. is that the Yeah, is that the that's idea? correct, yeah. Okay, was there a, a prepackaged ILP solver you could use or did you find yourself spending a lot of time building an ILP solver? Uh, yeah, we use uh, existing solvers. And so did it did it just work? Uh, yeah, did you have to spend a lot of time tuning it or figuring uh, out how to make it work? Oh, uh, no, no, it just worked. Okay, that's really interesting because once or twice I've thought to myself, well, it would, it would be neat to use an ILP solver, but I'm, I'm never sure whether I can trust them. Uh -huh. But now I've seen two papers today where they use them successfully. So to, to me, that, that, uh, that that's a real promising uh, um, uh, approach now. Yeah, Okay, right. so I was interrupting you and asking you about ILP solvers, but... Uh, we're, let, let's go back to mm -hmm. uh, what, what you did with it and, and continue in the, the, the description of, of, how, uh, um, of, of how the whole system works. You were saying that, that, we use a, that, that you use an ILP solver to, uh, to, to find a, a good solution. Now, it, can that also naturally find sort of the, the, the best solution, the one you actually want to use, or does that require some additional work? So right now we are trying to find the solutions and minimize the repairments. That, that means we want to minimize the, uh, the changes. So that's the optimization goals right now. So if the optimization Sometimes it 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 cannot find feasible solutions, and at that at that time we will just uh, do not push that update onto networks. Oh, okay. So uh, if you push an update, it mm. will be one that, yeah, that, that matches correct. the policy. Yeah, right. But but you might have to suppress an update entirely. Yeah. And then presumably the controller will eventually push something else that 
either fixes the problem or is at least solvable. Yeah, right. Okay, so this is uh, really interesting. Uh, how many, how often is it that a controller uh, comes up with an implementation that doesn't actually match uh, a policy? Is it is it a common problem? Is it something I should be concerned about a lot of the time? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, this is also our future work. We will try to dep uh, to find out what is really happening in the uh, real 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 system management. And find out like uh, like if this since you just mentioned is common or what kind of policies that really care about something like that, and we will deploy our system towards that direction. Okay, well I'll, I'll look forward to that work. Uh, now you did have some evaluation of of this paper in terms of uh, the the sorts of things that you applied it to and and what kind of performance you got uh, in those. Uh, uh, in those examples. So do you want to tell me a little bit about your evaluation? Yeah, sure. So in our evaluation, we synthesize a set, a set of FATTREAT topology, which is uh, actually a common structure in network uh, data center, right? Um, so the next network size is up to 240 hosts and 125 switches. So uh, we uh, evaluate, we, we, randomly, we randomly remove rules and re uh, measure each, uh, the repair time for each re removal that cause a violation. So in details, we, we did the evalu evaluation on two types of policies. The first one is all pair reachability policies, and second is a mix of reachability and segmentation policies. So in the all-pair reachability policies, we did it under two kind of scenarios. The first is called exact exact match, match rules. That means uh, one rule will only affect one equivalent class. And this is kind of in the scenario where you have the flow-based traffic management applications. And uh, so our result shows that uh, the, the fixing time for this kind of scenario is bounded under one second. And the second scenario is, uh, is um, kind of called wild-carded rules. It's overlapping rules in our, in our paper. So this basically shows that um, one rules will affect multiple equivalent class. And uh, the result is under one second for each uh, repairment. All right. So in other words, you get pretty good performance in the case where there is a problem. So what about the case where the controller actually implements the policy correctly? Is, is there much latency uh, added to the system uh, when the controller changes uh, what, what goes to the switch? Uh, because uh, so if the everything, so uh, the updates will first go through the verification engine. And if everything is correct, it will be directly pushed onto the, the underlying networks. So actually, it will not uh, experience too much uh, latency because our verification engine is good right now. Okay, <laughs> so that, that's cheaper because it doesn't have to go through the ILP solver? No, it, it, it's not. Okay, yeah. that's, that's good. Some of what you talked about in your talk today was oriented around um, different ways to increase the scalability. You talked about clustering and, and compression of the graphs. Uh, are, are you interested in, in expanding on that? I, for one thing, I'm, I'm not sure what it means to compress a graph. As we mentioned earlier, we need to leverage the optimization, right? The complexity to solve the uh, the linear uh, linear programming problem is uh, O n to three uh, multiplied by L. So n here means the variables, the number of variables, and L here means the bed size of the variables. Yeah, so you can see the optim uh, and this is uh, those those things is actually a, a theoretical uh, proof, and uh, you need a practical in the practice. This complexity is even worse. It takes even more time to finish the optimization actually. 
if we want to efficiently retrieve the fixes, we actually need to uh, reduce the n, right? Um, the n here actually is the network size. And we want to, re to reduce the network size, the natural thought is just leveraging the compression algorithm to uh, let the optimization work on smaller graph, right? So um, this is not a trivial problem as we need to maintain all the node that concerns the policy graph, the same properties, same reachability, same reachabilities in the uh, compressed graph comparing with the original graph. So that's um, we will. So to, to achieve these goals, we propose our compression algorithm, and uh, our future work is to find some algorithm that will be more efficient, like compress more. Um, the compress rate, achieve um, a better compress rate um, for very large networks. One of the things I, I noticed is the graphs that you, or the networks that you evaluate over seem like they're very regular, like a, a fat tree is, is very regular. And that's probably amenable to the, uh, the, the compression uh, that, that you're talking about. Do you think that a less regular uh, network topologies that uh, maybe something closer to like an enterprise or a campus network rather than a data center would they be more of a problem because they're harder to compress yeah i agree so that's why we want to explore more uh, compressions algorithm and maybe for different topologies we will leverage different compression algorithm okay uh yeah, that actually uh, uh, brings me into the, the future work. You've mentioned a few things that you're mm. uh, talking about uh, doing next. Uh, do you want to talk about those uh, more or anything else that you're working on? I'm, I'm curious about what's next. Yes, the most important future work must be to deploy our system into the real system. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have uh, some place that, that you're thinking about deploying it? Uh, maybe first, maybe exam data with Veriflow, I think. Yeah, maybe integrate it into Veriflow. Okay. Yeah, um, but um, there's many problems need to solve in, in order to deploy it in a real system, right? So, um, so basically, uh, the the high idea is that we need to uh, find out uh, what need could need could do, what kind of policy it could address, and uh, we will also need to find out the uh, what kind of performance it it could achieve, right? So in detail, in particular. So first, uh, we want to ex explore a broader range of the policies. Right now, we only uh, cover the policies like uh, some trace based, have some pro some policies that has trace properties like reachability, uh, segmentation, right? Uh, so in the future, we want to um, explore new technologies to represent other policies like uh, shortest path load balancing, uh, those kind of policies. Um, um, and the other challenge will be just I just mentioned uh, we want to work on, like let's say need to work on a large graph so we we need to explore more compression or uh, techniques to uh, make the uh, uh, fixing efficiently. Okay, yeah. that's good. I I really liked uh, the the beginning of your conclusion slide. Do uh, you, uh, uh, yeah. do, do you want to tell me your uh, your your conclusion uh, uh, just one more time for the podcast? Uh, yeah, sure. So in conclusion, neat is neat. Yes, so thank yeah. you. <laughs> neat is neat. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've talked uh, for a for a while now. Uh, is there anything else you'd uh, you'd like to add or, or, or talk about before we uh, finish up? Yeah. So we hope more people could join us. Like we can, like explore the ways that we can automate the correction procedures that we can make the uh, network uh, failure free. 
Okay. Arrow phrase. Yeah. Are you looking for research collaborators? Or yeah. If okay. anybody is interested in this area, we can co collaborate. And and you're at uh, you're at UIUC. Yeah. Right. And uh, who who else? Uh, who who's in the research group that's uh, that, that's uh, guiding this work? Uh, it's uh, it's um, so our first author is called Wen uh, Xuanzhou. Okay. And we also have Jason Croft and also Matt Caesar. Yeah. All right. And who who's the right person uh, uh, to, to talk to uh, to uh, uh, if if people have questions? Uh, should uh, they email you or yeah, any uh, or of us? We are we will come any questions. All right. <laughs> and uh, do you have a, a website or, or anything for the, the paper or the research group? Uh, not yet, but we will create it later. All right. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, thank you. OBS Orbit is edited and produced by Ben Pfaff using Audacity audio editing software and released under the Creative Commons Unported 3.0 license. The intro and bumper music in this episode is excerpted from Electro Deluxe by My Free Mickey and the outro from Girls Like You by Stefan Kartenberg, both under the Creative Commons Attribution Unported 3.0 license. For more episodes of OVS Orbit, visit ovsorbit.org, or for more information about OpenVSwitch, visit openvswitch.org.